Hello, I am taking a walk and recording this. There are beautiful birds chirping it the fuck up out here. Oh my god, I was just thinking about like monetizing this channel or this podcast, whatever. I was like, dude, but I swear within the first two seconds of creating it, so I don't know about all that. I want to talk today, I want to go on a little ramble about trust. Mm, Trust, trust, trust. So if we have any type of trauma, which we all do, hello, welcome to the human experience, we will have issues with trust most likely. And when we don't trust other people, it's a reflection that we don't trust ourselves as well, right? It's a reflection that we don't trust our ability to uphold boundaries. It's a lack of trust that we are internally safe. Like, I think about it like this. I had a client the other day, and I have many clients who say similar things, and I have felt this way as well. It's, I mean, I felt this way a lot, Jesus, you know? internal trust or sorry internal safety so say you're home alone and it's nighttime and we just start to get really freaked out and even though nothing is quote-unquote happening that could put us in danger necessarily you know our brain conjures all these images and memories of shows we've watched murder documentaries um maybe past experiences feeling unsafe and all of a sudden we are in a fight flight freeze fawn moment um and yeah this is that sense of lack of internal safety and I felt this really strongly the other day I was taking a hike um with my boyfriend's mom's doggies that I love so much my god little angel babies and I was out in the woods alone on this trail and I saw a car parked like at the entrance which I've never seen before You know, it's usually like no one is there and it's totally quiet and it's like a secret place. And I felt the adrenaline start to amp up in my body because I was already hesitant about like going alone, even though I had the doggies. I felt a certain amount of safe. Um, But then I saw that car and I was like, ooh, ooh, (laughs) ooh, who's that? And um yeah, my brain went to worst case scenario. It's probably a dude and he's probably going to murder me. (laughs) And so, you know, of course I had like my pepper spray. Um, but it was such an interesting study of my own internal lack of safety reactions because, you know, I still went on the hike, but I felt such oh my gosh, like just hyper vigilant, just to like every sound. It's like looking around. I was, my heart rate was a bit quicker than usual. My breath was a little more shallow. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to become very 
aware of what's going on in my body because nothing's actually quote unquote happening. There's no physical threat besides the um, potential of threat, which is really around all the time. That's what it is, right? Life, human life, living on this earth. Anything could happen at any time. And yeah, as I talk about that, I'm feeling anxiety in my body. This is like, this is what stirs anxiety, right? It's like the um, lack of being able to control external life, life outside of us, right? The only thing we can control is our internal state, our thoughts, feelings, our actions, our reactions. And so really noticing very strongly walking, it's this beautiful day beautiful redwood trees, beautiful forest, greenery everywhere. It's quiet. The birds are chirping. I'm with the doggies. And yet my body was like, run, panic, hide, fight, (laughs) creating all these scenarios in my mind about how I'm going to fight whoever was in that car that was parked at the entrance, right? And I'm really just noticing this um, incongruence and I'm walking, and I'm noticing. And something that I love about the practice of existential kink, which I've talked about in another episode, and it's the coach training I'm going through right now. It's created by Dr. Carolyn Elliott. Um, Something I love about existential kink just so much is that it promotes a radical sense of approval for our shitty feelings, for states of being that feel less than optimal, less than joyful and fun, and actually brings a sense of joy and fun into the less than optimal states, allowing us to kind of open to um, enjoying finding the enjoyment sensation-wise in our bodies when things are happening that might scare us or whatever. And it's such an incredible practice to relate to a situation like this. Me walking in the woods, you know, it's a beautiful day, peaceful, and I'm just like freaking out inside. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do a little experiment. I am going to continue my walk and I am just going to lean into the thrill of the fantasy that my brain is conjuring about being attacked, being on guard, being ready to fight or to run or whatever, because that's what it is, right? It's a fantasy. When we have really powerful imaginations, often we can have anxiety because our brain is conjuring these fantasies of things that could happen and generally they're worst case scenarios because we have a negative bias as humans, a lot of us. So these elaborate fantasies about being attacked and you know what I'm going to do and like how I'm going to navigate it and respond and it's like literally watching a movie in your mind and I think about when we watch movies or TV shows or consume media the general like arc of the plot lines are like the character is in some kind of struggle or mess or you know needs to get themselves out you know 
of the struggle or the mess. And it's like, that's what like keeps us hooked into the thing that we're like watching or consuming. Um, and it's not, it's not always, (laughs) oh my gosh. Okay. I'm not going to go off on a tangent there, but like, it's not always, but often there's some drama, right? The drama sucks us in, keeps us hooked, pulls us in. And it's the same thing with our lives and the narratives that we have in our brains and like the things that we conjure and the fantasies we create are often can be pretty dramatic. And especially if the worst case scenario, I mean, talk about drama, we're going straight into the heart of it with worst case scenario thinking. And so if you can just see it from that lens and just kind of peel yourself out of just simply having the experience of fear in an otherwise, you know, probably safe-ish or whatever situation, um, if we can look at it from the angle of, oh, wow, what an interesting narrative I'm creating for myself here. What a fun, thrilling, exciting narrative. Like if this were a TV show or a movie, the audience would probably be pretty captive. I know I'm captive to this story right now. I feel a lot of emotions and sensations coursing through my body. I'm like super enthralled with this narrative and this fantasy, this fantastical story I've created for myself. Like, wow, can I just let myself sit back and just enjoy this narrative as if I'm watching it on a screen, as if I'm not even part of it right now. I'm not actually in the story. And so I think about disassociation here or dissociation Okay, I'm going to stop saying both um, pronunciations of that word. Disassociation. Disassociation can be used for good. And I kind of hate the dichotomies of good and bad, but we're going to use it here. Um, The association of, or disassociation being good, which is when we need to give our nervous systems you know, brains, bodies, a break from whatever's going on. It can actually be like the best thing in certain moments for us to dissociate and just kind of get out of the drama or the intensity of it and jump into a different drama, like watching reality TV or, um, you know, settling our nervous system in any other various form. Disassociation can be really useful. And Then, of course, there's forms of disassociation that are actually just keeping us from processing and healing and taking care of what we need to take care of in order to, like, move forward. Um, So anyway, this practice of kind of, like, watching, like, noticing the narrative you're creating for yourself and then imagining you're watching it on a screen, kind of like, yeah, you're not completely in it you're just watching it it's a form of disassociation that can actually be really helpful in moments like this so that's one little tool another one is um yeah to kind of lean deeper into it and this is for my I was gonna say psychonauts but I don't know if that's the right word this is for my kinky ass fearless motherfuckers (laughs) 
my intense witches of the world <laughs> I put myself in this category where I'm just like a sensation seeker and it's interesting because it's not like I'm a sensation seeker in the sense of like doing dangerous things like physically like I fucking hate heights and yeah I don't want to do any of that um but an internal sensation seeker more of my brain is always conjuring these elaborate narratives Ooh, beautiful bird these elaborate narratives taking me on fantastical journeys in my head I am so imaginative and creative and it's amazing and it's such like it's such a gift and it also like yeah will take me down specific rabbit holes that cause feelings of anxiety in my body and so I can very um I can very definitively say that I am an internal sensation seeker and I think about it like this and referring back to existential kink where we are and paradoxical intention which is another like incredible like very similar like same vein um I don't know, ideology, method, tool, where you lean into your anxiety and you basically tell your anxiety, like, I want you to heighten. I actually want you to get worse. I'm going to give you 20 seconds to absolutely obliterate me. My heart rate, I would like to go up. I would like my stomach to be even more twisted, my palms to be sweaty. I would like to feel like I'm burning up on fire, you know, pretty much just telling your body to elevate the sensations in your body. And the paradox is that it actually decreases the sensations, but we have to really go into it like with like a fearlessness about it. Like it's not going to kill you. The anxiety is not going to kill you, but it will pretend like it will. It will pretend like that is its ultimate aim. And that's why we, you know, become so fearful of it. But yeah, going through it to get out of it is really the way. So as I'm walking on this path, I'm also attempting to lean into the sensations. It feels harder in this moment for me to do that instead of that other tool that I talked about, like watching the story unfold on a screen. Um, but I'm still able to access it a bit. Leaning in and really just giving myself a lot of space and permission to feel what I feel without having to get out of the feeling because we naturally meet anxiety and discomfort with resistance. This is like deep, like subconscious, unconscious levels. And if we can learn to unlearn that, if we can meet anxiety with total acceptance and approval, then like anxiety just goes away. It's amazing. And I've experienced this many times. So leaning into the sensations again, noticing the places, the spaces in which you can lean into the thrill, into the excitement of the fear. There's a quote by Franz, Franz, Franz Pearls or something, where it's like fear is a uh, wait, what is it? Fear is excitement without breath. <sighs> I love that quote. 
Fear is excitement without breath. So yeah, your nervous system is getting excited. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And then you just kind of constrict the feeling from flowing through the body. And so it becomes fear. And so fear and excitement, it's like two sides of the same coin. So existential kink and paradoxical intention, things like this, teach us to tap into the places in which this like, I think of it as like a soup of emotion, a soup of sensation rather, in these moments of fear. And in that soup is excitement. In that soup is thrill. In that soup is actually some bliss and some joy if we really go into it we're so complex sometimes emotionally and sensation wise as humans and I think it's really important to like sift through or to like stir up that soup and to notice the places where you can kind of dive in a little bit deeper because maybe it doesn't feel so bad maybe it feels actually really fucking good and we can actually let ourselves go there I think so often like we don't think we can go there I think about like oh my gosh some of like the heartbreak situations I've had in my past or some of the things that have caused me a lot of sensation and a lot of painful sensations there's an enjoyment in some of it you know obviously pain I'm not saying like you know it's all just like great because it's horrible pain fucking sucks in any dimension in any capacity and we are powerful fucking magicians man like we really are and we have the capacity or the capability to weed out like or to notice the nuances in sensation and emotion and to weed out the things that actually feel really fucking good, blissful, thrilling, exciting in our pain. Longing is a really potent sensation, feeling. And I'm using sensation and feeling interchangeably, but they are a little bit different. So I'm going to go on a little tangent here for a sec and then we'll bring it back around maybe, but I do have ADHD, so I might just not bring it back around and just go a different direction. (laughs) Okay. Emotion is, it's basically like the story, like the label that we put on maybe a compilation of various sensations in the body. Sensations are what, and this is how I see it, are like underneath the emotion it's like what makes up the emotion it like makes up how we then label the thing that is like a yeah collection of sensations so something like sadness if I say I feel sad the sensations may be underneath that for me and it's different for everyone so this is like so important in coaching is to really ask like what's your experience of sadness how does that feel for you what are the sensations that you have when you feel sadness in your body what are the thoughts that come up for you when you feel sad what are the beliefs like really kind of getting to like what is your specific experience of life on earth so that's really yeah such such an integral part of coaching of course um So yeah, sensations that relate to sadness for me, maybe it feels like there's an infinite hollowness 
in the core of my being like deep in my like stomach and my abdomen like a like a hole that just like goes on forever like a dark hole um sadness it might feel like yeah there's a lot of like um kind of weightless and also at the same time extremely heavy sensations and by the way none of this shit has to make sense to our logical minds right we're talking about sensations we're talking about emotions like emotions sensations all this stuff operates on a different level than like intellectualizing this stuff does um so you're just going to go with it right so yeah kind of a weightedness but also like a lightness so it's like a weighted hollowness in my chest um sadness there might be the color blue like a deep oceanic blue it's like deep deep depth of the ocean um I also see like black and maybe some storm clouds gray um I feel hungry in sadness there's like a hunger in my belly um yeah so that's sensation versus emotion so leaning into sensations the point here to me is we're always either in a contracted or relaxed state on just like the most basic terms right relaxed open which is parasympathetic nervous system activation which is you are just you're good you're regulated you feel good you feel connected to yourself and other people you're in flow you're in bliss um yeah it's rest and digest right we're able to digest food we're also able to process and digest reality we're not in a traumatized state um we are present we're open we're relaxed our muscles are relaxed right all of the things in our sympathetic nervous system state we're literally just contracted like every system is contracted in the sense that we are preparing for danger or we are in danger so our pupils dilate so we can see more of the field a view in front of us so we're like able to see predators or enemies or whatever um, more of them at once our blood is rushing to our extremities to prepare us to run to flee the scene or to fight right like a blood into your hands it's like conjuring that energy to punch someone Uh, blood and feet conjuring energy to maybe kick someone or to run Um, and this is happening on every different level in every different system in a social situation like we talk about social anxiety um, which is a state of contraction in a social situation we are unable to connect like we don't feel connected to ourselves we don't feel grounded in our bodies we don't feel safe we don't feel comfortable or present we are having a hard time connecting with the other person um we're noticing we're like very hyper vigilant to any kind of like negative energy that might be around um so we're kind of like hyper aware of like if people are like looking at us and we think they're judging us like we might spiral out in like our thoughts about how people hate us um so yeah 
that is the sympathetic nervous system response. Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Um, yeah, in a fawn situation, we might be really, really quiet um, and just kind of do what we think other people want us to do. Very much people-pleasing tendencies. Uh, but yeah, I could go on. So we are generally in one of these two states on a basic level. And the thing that's really beautiful about existential kink, paradoxical intention, practices like this that really um, help us shift from a state of contraction to a state of openness, no matter what's happening. And this is just really so important because when we talk about internal states, internal feelings of safety, this is the difference. This is the main difference. Anxiety is like imagining something bad is going to happen. Uh, even if there's no like threat going on, right? And so it's all about internal states. It's all about what's going on inside of us because if nothing's happening outside of us, then like it's me, it's my body that's like conjuring, creating the hormones and the feelings and the sensations that are causing me to feel a certain way. So if we can allow ourselves to open up to the sensations that we are having in states of discomfort find the gold in it and this is a skill right this is not something necessarily that you'll just like be a pro at the first time you do it although more power to you um opening up to your own fear opening up within your own pain giving yourself permission to relax a little bit in the little corners that you can find of enjoyment. Okay. I'm feeling tired. That is my limit. My body is giving me information that that is my limit of talking. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.